1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Always Almost There, day after show live. My name is Ryan. I'm here today uh, with two awesome guests, Jeff and Josh. Hello. How are you guys? Hey, Ryan. I'm great. Hey, Thank Ryan. you both. Thank you both for being here today. Uh, we are going to talk about Goose's set at Railbird Festival uh, yesterday on June 4th. Uh, of course, there, have been no, there was no stream and there have been no audio releases, uh, so we just have firsthand accounts. From you two guys here, obviously we have the set list. Uh, thank you, Jeff, uh, for texting it in yesterday while they were playing so we could have um, – so we could know what was going on, uh, if you will. Um, so let, let take me through uh, – Jeff, you go first. Uh, take me through the festival yesterday, what the vibes were like leading up to Goose's set.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll actually start with the day prior. Uh, you know, it was – we showed up. It was a festival – on a gigantic horse racing track now defunct in Lexington, Kentucky. But, but horse racing is serious business in Kentucky. So you can imagine the size and scale of this, you know, like massive horse racing track. Just enormous. Uh, this festival, I think they had something like 40,000 people there. Tickets all sold out during the pre sale within an hour. So yeah, like. Wow. You're gone within an hour of going on sale during the presale 40,000 tickets for a two day festival. The place was huge. uh, But it was a very, very well run festival. Disclaimer, I don't like festivals. Uh, You know, I especially don't like jam band festivals. When I do go to festivals, I prefer them to be like a more eclectic mix of acts rather than just, you know, kind of like, same thing all day. And, And I don't like camping festivals. And this was not a camping festival, which was great, uh, but it was extremely well run. Uh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll let Josh speak a little bit more to this, but you know, because he was mentioning it earlier. But this was, you know, the probably the best run festival I've ever been to with over thirty thousand people at it. Just in terms of the proper amount of amenities, everything remaining clean, enough shade for everybody in the heat. Um, you know, and just like a really great lineup too. But yeah, I I mean, really, really well done festival. I don't like festivals, but my wife and I are already talking about wanting to go back next year, no matter who is there, just because we trust it'll be well curated.
1: Amazing. Thank you, Josh. What about you, your experience uh, before Goose played yesterday?
0: Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. You know, same, same as Jeff, just really well run. Um, Never had to wait for water, never had to wait for bathrooms. It was, you know, a 95 degree day in, in June in Kentucky. So, you know, there was, there was a need for lots of hydration, but um, I think yesterday was really the day that my wife and I kind of were really locked in on, you know, going from set to set because there were a, a few of our kind of favorite acts were all on that same day. Um, Amos Lee, the head and the heart goose, Nathaniel Rateliff. Um, I wasn't as familiar really with the headliners, Tyler Childers and, and Zach Bryan, but, but it kind of in listening to the playlists, you know, leading up to the festival Um, started to you know take a liking to their music but clearly the the audience was very much there for those two um but yesterday i did see quite a few other goose shirts and i feel like it was a a easy you know hey there's another person who's there like me to see you know kind of the the one sort of jam act on the lineup but right um i i wondered how it would be how they would be received at a more of a country kind of folk americana type lineup Awesome. Well, getting to the set, what, what was the turnout like uh, for Goose? Were they,
1: on, were they on the main stage?
2: They were on the second stage. So the second stage and the main stage were right across the field from one another, and they kind of had alternating set times. So as soon as one stage finished, the other would kick off. Nice. Uh, so Goose, had, Goose was on the second main stage, and they had Nickel Creek on before them, and then they had the Head and the Heart on after them and uh, Goose actually seemed better attended than either of those. Um, you know, the Head and the Heart had a pretty good crowd, but by Head and the Heart, it felt like, you know, almost everybody at the festival was already trying to post up and get a good spot for Tyler Childers, who was incredible. But, uh, yeah, people were, were clearly there for Tyler, so a lot of people missed the Head and the Heart set. Nickel Creek did really well but there was a third stage that had something really popular happening during it also uh goose had a pretty good crowd i mean it, i can't really judge people but you know maybe ten thousand or so people were like in the awesome yeah um, right you know, somewhere between five and ten it, it, it's it's hard to say no but, that's but still it,
1: that, that's a great turnout for sure josh what was your what was your perspective uh, what was your perspective and where did you end up Uh,
0: yeah I was kind of uh so we caught Nickel Creek over there um who was great which by the way I I saw Rick and Peter kind of like side stage enjoying that and then also later on back by the kind of by the soundboard and and lighting and stuff but um they seem to be loving it and uh it's always funny at at we we went to Newport last year and we unfortunately missed their set but but they stuck around like for those couple of other days and they're just like so locked in on seeing other bands and Mm -hmm. and really enjoying the music, which is fun to see. So anyway, we, we, we saw Nickel Creek. We went to Amos Lee when we, when we, we jetted back over uh, for goose. And I was kind of on like the, you know, Trevor side, um, not too far back. I thought it was a great view and vantage point out. I was actually really glad they were on that stage because it meant that people that were there were there to see them and they weren't just like parked out for, for Tyler Childers. And that's no slight against Tyler Childers, but like, I knew that, based on the previous day's experience, that main stage kind of led to more people like parking out for the headliner, yeah, uh, which I think can detract from the other act a little bit.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great point to make. Yeah. Definitely at a festival, you know, like at ACL last October, I saw a band, the Marias that I only saw because I was getting a good spot for Goose. You know, I, I wouldn't have probably seen them otherwise. And so, yeah, that's awesome that Goose had that great turnout at this festival um without being on the main stage and getting those people that are like you know camping out all day to get on the rail for tyler childers um jeff we didn't mention where did you end up uh for goose's set where were you standing
2: uh for the start of it i was kind of just in front of the soundboard which wasn't too far back from the stage here uh just in front and to the left of the soundboard and then kind of by the end of their set i had moved up to maybe 20 people back from the stage uh kind of right in front of trevor
1: nice nice all right well let's talk about the music a little bit i know i, I assume sorry not having heard anything but based on the set list on paper not a whole lot uh musically uh, to dive into but the song selection looks great let's talk about the first few songs animal Flowdown, silver rising blood buzz ohio um what was the crowd like throughout these songs was there anything that stuck uh that stuck out to you josh kick us off here
0: Um, I mean, I thought animal was a great choice for being, you know, at a, at a racetrack Um, Mm -hmm. horse, you know, horses were kind of a theme of the, of the weekend. Um, I thought that that song was, you know, pretty well received. I think I, I thought it was like a really solid festival set overall. Like I thought that, and I thought that flow down kind of after that made a a lot of sense because it's got a little bit of like a, I don't know, country kind of twang to it a little bit, I guess, but um Mm -hmm. You know, those are, I guess, my my takeaways. I I, I knew they would. I knew they would play a, a cover at some point. I kind of think Bloodbuzz Ohio maybe was, um, you know, proximity to Ohio, and and that's obviously a great song and a great cover that they do. I felt like for that audience, maybe like a little bit more well known cover would have been fun. Um, you know, the way it is, or like something that maybe some of the the more um, fans that weren't as familiar with Goose, or maybe more of the indie genre, would have. Would have enjoyed, but I I mean, all the songs were just played so well, and those are my takeaways from kind of the early, the early portion of the set. I don't know. Awesome, Jeff. What did you think of the first half of the set?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was festival goose, kind of like what you would expect to see in this environment, where you know they're playing to an audience that's probably you know, know, ninety percent of the people seeing them plus had never seen them before and of the people who were there most of them who, who had heard anything had probably heard Hunger Sight and maybe Dirtfield on the radio so right. you know, that's what they were there to see and hear the crowd itself was a country music crowd but more of you know like a left of mainstream cool alt country crowd that's got it's gotten very popular lately, but, you know, we're not talking about like a Travis Tritt, Brooks and Dung crowd right here. You know, we're, we're, you know, it wasn't Toby Keith, you know, it's Tyler Childers and Zach Bryan, you know, like it's a different sort of country. <laughs> uh, and then and then also this festival had a lot of just cool like rootsy indie rock stuff going on with it, too. So, you know, I thought the, the song choices were good. I mean, Animals is just a banger, you know. and and they played a long intro on it you know they really you know i was looking around and watching you know all of these you know like goose curious not yet sold people kind of like wide-eyed during peterson's just like what the heck is going on nice (laughs) uh but you know then then there was a lot of head bobbing and some dancing going on during animal uh they started up Flowdown, and you know i mean for those playing fantasy goose if there was any song song that was going to be repeated twice on this three Southern Festival weekend, it was going to be Flowdown. So did you play I'm an idiot. You played I should Flowdown have last it night? Yesterday.
1: I was going to say, I, I didn't either, um, uh, but I didn't, in hindsight, it's, I, it's an obvious pick.
2: I played it Friday, but I didn't play it yesterday, uh, yeah. but I did play the whales knowing it was a country music festival. Of sorts. I was hoping they would play The Whales because I think that's mm. a really good country song, and it's on their new album too. Uh, and so, so I thought that was the pick for it. Uh, you know, Goose disagreed. They played Flowdown. You know, I it, but it, you know it wasn't like a Yee Haw country crowd. It was more of like a cool indie country crowd. So for me, I think The Whales would have worked. But seeing the songs that they chose to do next, maybe Flowdown was more appropriate because they kind of slowed it down a little bit afterwards. You know, with Silver Rising and Blood Buzz. So, you know, I think having Wheels in there, you know, that they needed a little bit more of a rising sound. So the flowdown was the right call considering the rest of the set. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually going to disagree with Josh on Blood Buzz and say I thought that that was a great cover choice for this festival just because it did have that kind of cool indie vibe to it. You know, I mean, you, you had the head and the heart playing there. You had, you know, Nathaniel Holdery and then – uh, sorry, Nathaniel Ratelief and, and Amos Lee and, uh, you know, Jenny Lewis, like Neil Francis, Lucius. A lot of these just like really cool indie bands. So I think playing Blood Buzz at this was kind of like when they did Blood Buzz each night they played at uh, Austin City Limits. You know, like that they, they played two. Oh, uh, no, I think they only did Blood Buzz. They, yeah, they
1: did Blood Buzz the first week of ACL, which I, I was surprised about. But it, it makes sense uh, in a festival setting, especially with a more indie audience to play like the national and, you know, people yeah. might know. It. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it fit I for ent- sure. I for understand. Sure.
0: It. It's, it's a great, it's a great song. I love their cover of it. I was just like thinking just like one of their very like mainstream covers would have gone over well too. Like they haven't played moving out in a while. And I think that's a really wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like moving out
1: would have been an interesting uh, pick for this set. I think blood buzz really works just again, only on paper, not having heard a note. But after, you know, in between Silver Rising and Hunger Sight, I feel like Blood Buzz is great because you have it between these two great examples of Goose's songwriting. Um, and you're like, so Silver Rising, which is amazing, has that kind of indie vibe to it. And then you get Blood Buzz, which is like more, you know, people might know at a cover, and then mm-hmm. Hunger Sight, which is great, and a little bit of uh little bit of improv happening in this hunger site i know you reported in a clav tweet during this jam (laughs) jeff
2: so so there was you know the the nice thing with this hunger site is you know after playing a few songs and just letting everybody kind of get the feel of them you know hunger site has just become this certified banger where you know it's like you know they can't miss with it like every time they played it in 2023 they've knocked it out of the park and this isn't the best hunger site of the year but it was the most Impressive improv of the night for this festival set, and you know, and when you think about all the people in the crowd that were there that were only familiar with Hunger Site, they finally get that song that they're familiar with and want to hear, and then they get baptized with fire as you know, just the fiery jams rain down on them, and right. they created the full two-part Hunger Site jam with you know the big incendiary shreddy peak. And then kind of the funky breakdown afterwards, which you know, quickly went into clab tweet territory nice. and turned into some really just Trevor led year of tea type stuff that, you know, like, I mean, people were moving, people were, you know, jumping up and down and like bobbing and swaying. And, you know, the, the crowd was really going. And, and I think that, you know, the, they turned a few heads during this point The you know, people who maybe didn't even realize they were seeing a jam band. Up, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, people that didn't even necessarily know Goose was a jam band, who were there, were suddenly like, "Oh, okay." Like, so these guys jam. This is cool, though.
1: <laughs> right. I'm. Yeah. I'm based on that description.
0: I'm really looking forward to hearing this hunger site
1: uh, when when we thing. do
0: get borfs. Uh yeah, it was Josh. No, it was a great version. I mean, it definitely felt like the. I'm. I'm sure it was the longest jam that they did of the of the you know 75 minute set that they had. I don't know how many minutes it was, but. I just love, I think, especially ever since hearing that like first version they did with Trey, um, when that like Rick first yeah like, Rick solo first comes note is just solo. like such like a it's just like such a rush of energy for a song mm-hmm. and it's it's just so much fun every time. Um, and I feel like he just gets better and better every time they play it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then after Hunger Sight, second time they've done this, uh, Gous returns uh, with the two of them uh, adding vocals. On slow ready, uh, what did the crowd think of this one, uh, Josh? Take it, take us uh, through this.
0: I think it was really well received. I think Lucius. So we went to Newport last year, and Lucius and Goose were both at that, and I some, I know they both sat in with like multiple sets, you know, throughout the weekend. And Lucius was kind of the same way at at, at Railbird. I mean, it really speaks to them, like they must just really be so well liked by their fellow musicians, because I feel like they're always collaborating with with people at these festivals and they popped up with Marcus Mumford and they par- popped up with a couple other people at least, but
2: uh, Jenny uh, Lewis and Cheryl Crow.
0: Okay. Yeah. And Who's I think right? there was probably even more, but it, it was, it was fun. I mean, my, when, when they first part, when they first walked out, I kind of assumed it was probably going to be slow ready, which I had never, I never heard live. This was my fourth show. Um, mm-hmm. My brother was very jealous that I got a, a slow ready. He's definitely hoping for that one. it's back, but um, uh, yeah, it was great. I think, um, you know, they, they add, they add to the song, it's kind of a unique version. I think it's it's always fun, you know, just to, to hear something a little bit more unique. And that's, I think what you can see at festivals that you might not see, see elsewhere.
1: Love it. Jeff, anything to add on the slow ready?
2: I just thought it was a really nice treat. I was really, I was kind of bummed when I saw that Lucius and Goose were on different days of the festival because I thought it would be a perfect opportunity for them to collaborate again. I really, really liked the Slow Ready and In Your Eyes that they did it, at the Greek yeah. LA last fall. Yeah, it was at the Greek in LA last fall, and and I was like, damn, you know, they're there on different days. Too bad. And I, for some reason, I thought Lucius had a gig at a different festival yesterday, so I didn't expect them to show up. And when they walked out on stage, uh, you know. It, it, it was a real treat and figured it would be slow ready. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really good. I don't know if it was better or worse or different. That's or not,
1: yeah. Version. You just have a good time. You don't need to compare those two, something like that. Um, yeah,
2: but, but I mean, they're both great, you know, like it's taking an amazing song and adding a little something to it. Yeah. And, you know, and then the, you know, the, the big, you know, uh, Arpeggiator breakdown jam at the end of it. It's just really cool to see them adding those oohs vocals. and those yeah. to it. You know, it just it adds a whole different dynamic to it and makes it a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, uh, and getting to see that live is uh, super cool too. You know, it,
2: it was and and you know, it was it was also. I don't think we've called this out yet, but Goose had the horribly shitty task of having to play to the sun in their eyes. Oh. So, yeah the, the the sun was setting over the main stage right across from them as they were playing and it was kind of you know probably like right at like a 35 degree angle up in the air or so but it was still you know like 85 87 degrees out and just sun like just blasting in their faces as they're playing oh man they were baking hard and like you know none of them had hats on so they couldn't open their eyes and look out into the crowd properly and and but then you know it all of a sudden just kind of worked with Lucius was out there and they were having this mellow moment playing just kind of like a groovy, fun, slow, mellow song and and you know suddenly you know like yeah, nobody seemed like hot anymore you know they just they were just vibing it was I great. love it
1: I love it and then the set closes with Arcadia uh, you know nice exclamation point I think this song has been due uh, you know for a few shows now um, so great to see that uh, make an appearance. Uh, ending off the this mini festival weekend uh, on a high note. But anything to add about this Arcadia? It seemed, based on the timing, that it was pretty short.
2: It had They had less than 10 minutes on it. I don't know if it was eight, nine. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's a good festival banger song. You know, like it doesn't get used often in that capacity anymore. But when they do, I mean, it it's great for that spot. And my big call out for this Arcadia is Rick's new guitar, really really shined during the during the ending peak on it yeah don't know if he's played arc yet with this new guitar yes
1: yeah they did it uh in san diego
2: in san diego they did it. yeah all right so yeah just seeing this guitar live on, uh you know on a big and pa system ripping through the end of arcadia i just remember standing there just like i mean it was just like tearing shreds through my fibers of being and and Mm i was just blown away by like how cutting and insane it was and and i remember standing there thinking like all right this is what the luthier had in mind when he built this guitar like he he had listened to this song and this part of this (laughs) in this part of the song and thought like i need to build a guitar that can just nail this and 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 he he did
1: and it it sounds it sounds so good josh do you have anything to say uh about Arcadia before we wrap up
0: yeah it was it was definitely a song i was hoping to hear like i i you know a lot of times when i'm going to a show i won't really i'll try not to peek at the set list from from previously but i inevitably do when i when i end up on twitter and i was glad to see that they hadn't played it um and to me like one of my favorite goose performances still to this day is that you know that peach fest and that arcadia there and so i think having that like nine eight nine minute arcadia is just like a perfect cap to like the festival set and i i think it's like a fairly well-known um song of theirs too i think when i first heard goose was on some spotify you know jam band type playlist and i think that's the song that i first heard i think it's funny to listen back to the studio version now because it feels like a totally different band it reminds me of in my younger days when i like was in high school and college really liking oar and you go back and listen to like the wanderer album and their version of like crazy game of poker on there is like it sounds like a totally different band and that's kind of how i feel about the you know arcadia studio version but to the to hear like the eight to ten minute like live version and just to close the set with that was just was just awesome i was glad they played it it's like to me it's like a song i could probably hear at every show and enjoy it so
1: you and me both uh <laughs> well that brings us to the end of this set Thank you, Jeff and Josh, both of you, for being on today and sharing your experience at RailBird. It has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, And everybody watching, I hope you all enjoyed this, uh, getting a a look at what we're going to be hearing when these boards do drop, hopefully, uh, in the next couple of days. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks once Summer Tour kicks off for real. Are they playing a show on June 21st, or are they not? Who knows? Uh, It has not been announced. It is, like, two and a half weeks away, so... I don't know. Maybe they're playing like a, a show in like a 200 capacity bar and, you know, they're going to announce it two days before, but there is a mysterious June 21st date uh, on the schedule. We don't know. So we may have a day after show on June 22nd. We may not. If not, we'll see you to talk about Louisville. Uh, but regardless, we will be back in a couple of weeks. So thank you everybody so much for tuning into this episode of day after show. See you next time. Have a phenomenal day.
0: is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.